Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listener, Sarah Box, your host. And this is actually our last episode of 2019. It is also my 100th episode, and I'm very excited about that just because, if for nothing else, I wasn't sure I would ever see 100. When I first started out and I was at episode zero, 100 looked really far away. And in fact, it came sooner than I thought. Today's episode is a little bit different. I decided that I wanted to reflect a bit on the past, but to also celebrate. And I was fortunate enough that I was going to be able to get together three people who I actually think about as both my guides, so my Sherpas, as well as my cheering section and critical thinkers. I trust each of these women in very special ways and enjoy our time together. So I actually hopped on a plane. We spent the day working on other projects together and then over lunch had this great conversation. So today's episode is a little longer And if you need to take a break and come back to it, I get it. I thought about cutting out sections, but there wasn't any section that I thought was a waste. So let me tell you who is sitting around the table. There's myself, Sarah Box, and then Megan Metters. Megan is someone I've known for nearly a decade. She runs a nonprofit organization. She is a mom. She is an outdoors enthusiast and She is just a can-do person and has one of the kindest hearts. Across from Megan is Susan Gomez. Susan is an amazing woman. She's an artist, multimedia artist. And most people know Susie because she is the executive director of a community collaborative that is doing groundbreaking work in how organizations work together to have greater impact across a large Um, geographic area. Susan is someone who has taught me so much about what truly having a generosity of spirit looks like. And then the third person is a newer friend in my life who I just adore. This is Andrea Mitchell. And one of the things that struck me about Andrea, I met her, um, actually I heard of her um, before I ever met her personally. But when I met her, there was just this energy about her that I thought, oh yeah, you are totally cool. She's very open. She shares. And of course, we have a total love fest with dogs together. So Andrea is just a brilliant woman. And I feel honored to share all three of these women with you today. And I hope you enjoy this episode, our 100th episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. So hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. This is our 100th episode. Oh my God. And um, I'm actually doing something different with this episode. I've asked three friends to sit with me and have a conversation because as the 100th episode of this show, and this is something I never anticipated doing or anticipated having as much fun doing, I thought it would be fun to hang out with friends and have a conversation and share it with you all. I'm Megan. I'm Susie. And I'm Andrea. So Megan, Susie, and Andrea, I'm going to tell you something. I've known Megan and Susie coming up on a decade. 
Um, and I've known Andrea coming up on 100 days. <laughs> it works. The 10, the 100. Yeah, yeah it's it all it's symmetry. It but I'll, the one thing similar about each of these women is that I respect them tremendously, and they make me grow and be smarter and better and actually lighten up a little bit on something. Not my strong suit. Anyway, I thought that... I would just like to hear a perspective and have a conversation. And so I've asked each of them, and we'll see where the conversation goes, to start by answering one question and then um, see where we've ended up. And the question is this. Think back to years ago, each of you. Did you anticipate you would be doing what you're doing today? Jump in, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) No, not even close. Years ago, even... Yeah. No, not even close. I really thought, I think, you know, when I was in high school, I thought that I would be a stay-at-home mom and I would get married and I don't know, that I would just kind of duplicate the life that, how I was raised. And and then I went to college and kind of thought, well, maybe I would work before I had kids, which I did. And, and then, you know, my dad coming from um, a firefighter for the city background, government job seemed super appealing to me. And so I went to work for the county as a social worker and kind of thought I would retire there until my first week there and realized I probably would not be (laughs) retiring at the county. So, and and then, you know, the work I do now at the Mom and Dad Project, I, I kind of fell into that in a really weird way and have zero experience with nonprofits and a little bit of experience with grant writing from college, but hadn't done that in 10 years by the time I needed to actually write one. So not not even close did I think I would be doing what I'm doing today. I could never see you as a county life, <laughs> life no. employee. No way. A week? I'm surprised you lasted that long. No, I was there for like seven years. I can't even, no. <laughs> Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. Andrea, what about you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I go back. No, I, I mean, I have my own business. I never thought I was really a risk taker. And I was, uh, I worked retail sales, you know, thank you for calling Copeland's. And, <laughs> and I then decided at one point in time that I was a raft guide. And at one point in time, I said, I need insurance. And so I better get a real job and I better go back to school. And at which point in time, uh, I said, what am I closest to? Just tell me, what what am I closest to? And they said, how about being a teacher? I'm like, oh, God, no. Oh, okay, but sure, I'll try it. And I ended up loving it. Taught middle school for a long time. Then I became a high school administrator and hated that because I was suspending and expelling kids. Mm-hmm. And the parents were the problem. The kids were great. Uh, and then... And then I just, my mom got really sick. She had cancer. Mm-hmm. And she, um, I was the primary caretaker and dealt with that while working 70 hours a week and then just um, kind of exploded. And my husband, I said, I can't do this anymore. And my husband said, take a year off. He was a teacher. I don't know how we afforded, how we could afford to do that. And then I started grant, I mean, I actually had started grant writing before that. And then I found a job with Goodwill Southern California Mm -hmm. and started doing government grant writing and uh, did fairly well. And then people started asking me about, doing it on with my own business and that was 14 years ago 
and don't regret a minute of it. Uh, my husband ended up leaving education because the business grew. Yeah. And now I'm able to work from home when I want to, choose the clients I get to work with, get to work with Susie and with Megan <laughs> and with you. And I am so fortunate. I don't regret it at all. But again, I also never thought I was a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Never thought I was... I followed in my parents' footsteps, so I thought the conservative approach, and I am so not like that. Yeah. So my whole thing is, let's try it. Give it a shot. And, you know, worst thing that happens is you fail, but you learn from it, and you just move on. Yep. It's, I'm so thankful. Miss Susie, what That's about what you? What a great, inspiring story. Well, you know, I, I grew up with a family that um, I'm first generation going to college, And I, you know, originally my idea was I was a music person major looking at music schools when I first got out of high school. And like you say, life just takes you different places. And uh, I got a degree in psychology, which is kind of useless and couldn't find a job. (laughs) So for I put myself through college working in restaurants I was Mm -hmm. talking about today. But um, so that was how I survived um, going through college, learning, uh, being on the service side of the world. And again, uh, life takes you different places. I went back to college to get a master's degree because I'd always loved art. And I thought I wanted to be an art teacher. I wanted to teach um, art and be around art all the time. And uh, again, found out I was a single mom. Not a lot of options for me in terms of art. But while I was there, I got a job working at the college at Cal State with children with autism, which I had never worked with mm-hmm. any children with disabilities. And, but it was a job. And while my daughter was, I was in college, she could be at the n- nursery school there on oh. campus for me. So um, that's why I worked there and I started working there. Um, and from that, I was convinced you should get a master's in special ed. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we can, so I ended up working 10 years at Cal State and got my master's for severely handicapped children while I was there. And again, the idea was the reality of what the world was about special ed was, uh, you know, different than what I had wanted for my own life, too. And I said, what I really love is is art, but I need a job with insurance. Right. <laughs> so I um, first job I applied to in 10 years was at Inland Regional Center. And I got a job at Regional Center working for children with the anticipation I'd be there a year. And <laughs> I ended up retiring there 22 years. I worked there. And for whatever reason, the for me leaving was meant to be. It changed my life. And I met Sarah Box almost well, more than 10 years ago. But part of this process of leaving a job and security at 55 years of age and not knowing who was going to hire me and what would I do, um, I got coaching from Sarah. And mm-hmm. it has been the most transformative experience for me in my life on how I look at how I make decisions for myself and how I set goals for myself. So the question about um, did I ever anticipate seeing where I'd be today? Never in my life would I have said I am working in a place that I love every day. What I do with the people I choose to want to be with, right? On my schedule and my and what I'm willing to not compromise about in my life and what I want to include in my life. And again, art comes back into my life mm-hmm. now this year again. So did I think that would happen? It, it takes work because mm-hmm. you have to, what you want, it has to be worth the work to get it. That's what Sarah taught me. So yeah. I'm grateful. So what did what you changed? And we've talked about this in the past, Susie, mm-hmm. but 
how did your changes affect your family, right? Because it isn't didn't just stop with you. It's right. reached out to all of you've touched my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know you've touched these guys, mm-hmm. these women. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so <laughs> these guys. Um how is that translated into your family? I think it and it, it does uh, exceed not just myself, uh, because then you become the model of what's possible, right? I think for my daughter, I'm a single mom, but um, I see I saw her in a job she did not like and was always complaining and all the rest. And I think my old me would have said, well, you know, they pay really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is your starting out. Of course, you don't like your jobs. You don't always like your jobs. But no, you never have anybody treat you disrespectfully Mm -hmm. no there are other options other than how much you're earning that that has to be the 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 line of distinction you make for yourself you create that for yourself and she did and had such great success around it Mm -hmm. taking the risk of doing a job unrelated to her education unrelated to what she had had experience for and it has been exponentially rewarding for her not only financially but the rest and the other kind of example was with related to art students i'm sitting watching students that i'm with and i'm older and they're younger and we're thinking you know what's possible here nothing is not possible now is i think the way the life has changed for me if we want something and we set up what we need to get that to happen for our lives, then it's possible for us. Mm-hmm. So we wanted some famous artists to come and we thought, well, they're never going to come. But it was a great um, exercise around learning the skills I learned to share with them that if we put our minds together on what it would take for that artist to come and then for him to come and for them to be in the room I've seen them change because of that, saying, like, I'm thinking I'm applying for this school. I didn't think I could, but, you know, so they're not little things. I think that there's opportunities for you to get back from what you get as well and learn. So, Megan, I have a question for you that um, just a heads up, I was using you specifically as an example when I was speaking with someone earlier this week. Different interview, different conversation. But I was asking them about um, their approach for building on people's strengths and how come when certain people can, I could hand you a report and say, here's information about you, Megan, and your team. And, and I could maybe hand the same report to Andrea and a different team. And Andrea might say, that's great. And this is how it's going to happen. This is what I'm going to make happen with it. And yet I've watched you take that kind of work and really your focus has always been on building other people up around you to make them shine, Mm -hmm. taking nothing away from yourself. So I'm asking this person who does this work, I said, so how do you reconcile working with those different people? And they said, well, actually, I'd be asking the person who already knows how to build people up how they could help. Mm-hmm. the other person right but how is it you come to your work unafraid for other people to be as smart and shiny and capable as you are without feeling diminished by it mm-hmm. i guess and I don't, i'm not sure if i'm phrasing that yeah. right i think for me i i try to be aware of who i am i try to surround myself i've always said with healthy mirrors mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. looking back my social work education helped me a lot with that, you know, and just realizing, identifying my own strengths and also identifying, you know, my areas for improvement or my Mm -hmm. challenges. And 
I have never sought out to be everything to everyone. I know that that's not possible. And I think we've watched so many people try to do that. And first, it just looks exhausting. And I just (laughs) don't have the energy for that. So I kind of, I really try to take the attitude of this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. And then I really seek out people that I know complement my strengths because I really, I've always worked well with others. I've always felt that we need team-based everything. I don't think we were meant to walk alone in this world, period. And so for me, it became almost seeking out those strengths that complement my strengths so that we could build the strongest team possible. And I just, I feel like we could do so much more together. I also think that we're all, we're only as strong as our weakest link, you know? So I think really identifying what people do well and then building on that. I feel like a lot of times I've watched several businesses, several nonprofits, several for-profits, it doesn't really matter, um, taking people that were maybe really good at one thing. I think teaching is a perfect example. I feel like we've seen so many good teachers that get pushed into administration. And because you're a good teacher, it doesn't mean you're a good administrator. And so I think that we've kind of misstepped where people's strengths are instead of asking them or really finding out where their strengths mm-hmm. are. We almost punish people for being good because we assume yeah. that they need that they want to make more money and that mm-hmm. they have to be working harder to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think really putting that back on people on where they want to go on what they want to do and identifying we're good at identifying what we're good at. You know, Susie's saying art. Okay. Well, so I I have an art project. I'm going to Susie. (laughs) So, I mean, really I've never felt, I mean, I think there's moments where that doubt creeps in and you think, shoot, should you highlight this person? Because it, it also highlights a weakness that I have. But I've so enjoyed highlighting people's strengths that it's brought me such joy that I don't care that it also shines a light on maybe a potential weakness for me. I mean, I'm human, so there's moments that I'm intimidated by stuff like that too. But again, facing healthy mirrors and putting that out to people I love and respect, and that always comes back at that you're good at these things, so stick to your lane of these things and find somebody to come alongside you. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's really... Absolutely, it does. I don't have an expected right answer. Yeah. (laughs) I do this because I'm curious. Yeah. And when you left teaching, that's Mm -hmm. a big change. It it was, but I want to go back to what Megan said for a second. Absolutely. Because I think that one thing that was, um, that where Megan and I kind of, bonded in a way was a long time ago Megan was I think you're brand new in your position and got a call one day and she's like I need some help uh, on a on a on a grant proposal and so she was able to you know approach me on this and in a in a very transparent like I need help way Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people are afraid of of showing their weakness whereas most people appreciate that most people if you know would say okay it's it's the puppy concept you know speaking of puppies speaking of puppies speaking of new puppies um but it is a puppy concept it's like okay look here comes this person who really is genuine and is appreciative okay what can i do and but you know since then she's landed a whole bunch of them but i think being able to i like that healthy mirror concept Mm -hmm. And I think being self-reflective, thinking about what you, where you have, we all make mistakes, totally make mistakes. And if you can forgive yourself, people will forgive you as long as you don't make the mistake again and again and again. 
Um, but I just, yeah, I mean, both of these ladies are pretty impressive. <laughs> so that's pretty easy to say if you can forgive yourself. So how do you do that? Because that's one of those things like just forgive yourself, let it go, whatever. Well, but here's, and here's the thing. We, I'm not going to say we because I don't know and I don't need to know. But I know I have made a lot of big mistakes. Big mistakes. And the first thing when I find out I make a mistake, I say, I blew it. This, I, I made, this was my rationale. This was my logic. This is how I messed up. And, uh, and I will do my damnedest never to do it again, make that mistake again. Now, if you do it two and three times or three and four times, then there's a problem. You know, there's something going on there, but, but I have made huge mistakes in my life. And I hope that I have then shown people that I have made changes for the better and then generally people will come along with you. Um, so, I mean, and again, forgiving yourself. Do I still have bad dreams or do I still have guilty feelings? I was raised in the Catholic Church. Of course I do. <laughs> you know, is that okay to say? But, you know, I mean, I'm always, you're always going to have some kind of guilt. But again, if you... If you don't make those mistakes again, at least you're being true to yourself in, and then it, it makes forgiveness easier. And certainly with people that you are close to, then they generally will, have, they're, they're usually easier on you than you are yeah. on yourself. And I, I think to add to Andre, the, the point about that is there's a difference too, when you're surrounded around people, when you, something happens and you make a mistake, right? And you're maybe had not had the privilege of being in an environment where that is a forgiving environment, right? But then when you're put in a, in a new situations where the people around you now support you, mm -hmm. even when you make mistakes, it's even more meaningful for you because it allows you then to say, okay, it isn't the, this kind of um, uh, black and white situation anymore. This is an opportunity for you to do better. This is an opportunity for you to make sure that it doesn't happen, like Andrea said, doesn't happen again. But what did I learn about right. making this mistake, right? That's a smarter thing as maybe my age too, is yeah. I don't even look at mistakes anymore because possibilities have happened because of mistakes right. for me. I have gotten things because of mistakes I've made, right? And um, and then you say, okay, this could be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then you have these incredible people surrounding you that even if you really screwed up, they're still going to care about you right. and still, and that puts you in a, already in an advantage yeah. of where you're going to go. Yeah. True. Mm -hmm. So that, that's another question is over the past year has something like that. You, okay, this is going to happen like this. And all of a sudden you look up and it's going left. You're going, we were never supposed to go left, but something really cool and amazing happened as a result of that. Do you have an example of something like that that's happened for any one of you or all of you? I think this project that we're working on together, you yeah. know, I think this project that um, the four of us are working collaboratively on is a left turn for us. Yeah. You know, it kind of came true. out of nowhere with some hesitancy around some of the work we, we knew we were going to do with some of the participants we were going to work with. And I think, I don't think we ever foresaw, and especially because we were approached about the work. We didn't approach someone about the work. And then to go back and say, this is what it would take. It has to be an Andrea Mitchell. It has to be a Sarah Box. It has oh. to be a George Weiner. And we, in our heads, we kind of thought they're never going to go for this. And then to see it again, another left turn was when they said, okay, let's do it, you know? So 
And we've ended up, I mean, even here today in the conversations we've had today, that there's some course correction always. And I don't think that there's mistakes. I think it's just opportunities always to learn. We're dealing with human behavior. We don't know. It changes day to day. Organizations we work Mm -hmm. with change all the time. The the leadership changes all the time. And it's just people, you know what I mean? And I think earlier we were saying it has to do with relationships, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think if you have relationships in place, like you, you have this incredible freedom to be a risk taker, Mm -hmm. to try new things, to do something Mm -hmm. different, whether it works or it doesn't, or whether it works like you thought it was going to, or it doesn't. But you, again, you took, when they came and approached you guys, mm-hmm. uh, you gals, uh, ladies, I think I'm going <laughs> to You know what? You have full permission to use whatever <laughs> but pronouns when, you when want. When the funder came and approached you two ladies, uh, you had the strength and you had the confidence because of your past experience. Correct. To then push back and say, this is what it's going to take to do it right. Absolutely. A lot of folks would not have had that confidence. And would have taken a far lesser amount and had a horrible out, you know, outcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I want to compliment you two, and I think we both have said this um, in, in being in being strong mm-hmm. in your conviction because that that takes a that yeah. takes that takes some strength. Uh, I think we were. I appreciate that. I think for us was if we surround ourselves with the people we trust the most yep. and the smartest people in the room, we don't lose no matter what happens That's here. Right. We're going to all win. Yep. Right. And it might look different than how we originally maybe wrote it, but certainly, I mean, if you want to take a chance, right, why not take a chance with the best people around you mm-hmm. and see where that goes. And, um, and if our intentions are true and the people around you have the same similar values and intentions, I think that's um, limitless what we can do after this project. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that that's, well, I know, I'm confident that that's what's going to happen when mm-hmm. we're done. Yeah. But it's relationships and trust. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Relationships and trust. Yep. And, sure. and that's, and I think we all in our past, uh, early on, a long time ago, <laughs> We probably like I like to say the olden days. The olden days, yeah. <laughs> Whether it was a year ago or a month ago, the Renaissance, right? Yeah. Um, but we all probably took on jobs or contracts or whatever because you have to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. And I think as you get get that experience and that confidence, that's when you can make. And you surround yourself with good people that you yeah. trust. That's when you can make good decisions and say, no, I don't think so. With if there's something there, that little. Every time that little stupid voice has yeah. said, be careful, be careful. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, but it's more money. It's more this. Yeah. And then, it, you know, six months later, I'm like, oh, why did I say yes? Yeah. And then it usually ends six and a half months later. <laughs> it's that trusting your intuition. Absolutely. Your that knowing. little voice. Yeah. So, Megan, you know, you have, of the folks sitting around this table, you have a young daughter. I do. You do have a young daughter. Yeah. Um, what kind of advice do you give her from navigating because she's got a lot of things coming up in her future yeah so I think you know one of the big things we had something kind of happen in our family some a family business recently that there was some stuff going on behind the scenes and somebody that one of my family members got involved with was not incredibly truthful and it really exploded 
And so Kennedy is really good at being silent in the passenger seat of my car while I'm on the phone dealing with work or family or whatever. And I'm always telling her, like, you were welcome to listen, but you're not welcome to repeat. (laughs) And uh, so it's funny because I'm giving this person, my family, some advice and I get off the phone and Kennedy says, Mom, you're just so you give the best advice. And I said, you know, Ken, there's nothing. The only advice I gave this person was it's easier to be truthful. That's it. Mm And I really tell her to just walk in honesty and and her truth, you know, whatever that is. And even when you're facing hard situations, you know, just being honest and upfront gets far more mileage than trying to save everybody's feelings or, Mm -hmm. and, and then doing things in a way that is just feels bad and you don't respect yourself and it just, it turns so ugly and it wrecks relationships. And I just think there's so much for having open conversations with people, difficult conversations with people. Um, and then also staying out of other people's difficult conversations, Mm -hmm. which I think for, you know, I've got a, she's a preteen and she runs in a group that, um, the 12, there's 12 of them that have been in the same class since they were in kindergarten and they're a pretty tight group. And, we really have worked hard, um, a group of the moms around it on just really making sure that they're owning them and not trying to be a part of everybody else's business, you know, and just being supportive of one another and, and one another's gifts. You know, we're having these conversations all the time of, especially because they're in middle school now and they're starting to kind of fraction off into who's doing sports, who's doing drama, who's singing. And there's, there's an innate competition, especially because they're girls And we really have tried to hone in on recognizing people's skills and kind of what I talked about earlier, just, you know, it is okay for you to not always walk in the light. You know, it's okay for you to put somebody up in the light above you because you always have your time to shine too for whatever you do. So that's really, really what we're trying to teach her is just, you know, to walk honest and be her and be your own person and and not be ashamed of who that person is, whatever that person ends up being and um, own her gifts, but also to own her faults and to be aware of them and ask for help. You know, I mean, that's a big one for us too. If you don't know how to do it, ask somebody, there's no shame. Like Andrea said, I feel like, you know, driving here today, we met on that exit, two exits down. (laughs) Every time I come to Susie's house, I think that's where I sat with Andrea at that Denny's 10 years ago. And I had no idea what I was doing, but you know, I think what an opportunity I would have missed if I would have just tried to go it alone and not ask for help. And it wasn't a strength of mine. I hadn't done that in years. Um, Which asking for help or the writing, writing the grants. Yeah, no, I've always been pretty, pretty decent at asking for help for most things. So that's something, you know, I want my kids to not be afraid to ask for help. Just think so. And I feel honored that she asked me for help. I mean, that in itself is a huge compliment and right then and there, I was like, we are bonded. Mm-hmm. We are bonded. And she also takes her kids on backpacking we trips. We do that. She's, she's a rad mom. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, I'm honored to be in her presence. Thank you. I feel the same. So this, I want to kind of wrap this with um, giving you guys a chance to think, is what is one thing, I know there's probably more than one, but is one of the first things that comes to mind that you're looking forward to in 2020? Oh. Um, Anything that you're kind of looking forward to. Hmm. That's, you know. How did you get so quiet? (laughs) Well, I will say for me, which is kind of weird, because you think all this new projects related to my work work, right? But I am super excited for 2020 on some of my new projects related to art. And having a 
social impact for for artists that mean you know artisans in Mexico that mean a lot to me and part of who I am and knowing that all these skills that I've learned through my life and somehow are going to end in a place that goes to my heart about mm-hmm. what's important to me and I'm so extraordinarily uh, gra- grateful for that to be able to do that this coming year never thought that would happen yeah yeah that's deep it is. that's awesome <laughs> That's, I'm going to sound so materialistic. <laughs> Guy. 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 That Guy. tells you how old you are, because that's Guy. what I do, too. I, I say that all Guy. Guy. goes, we said that in seventh grade. Yeah. Why are you still saying that? <laughs> Absolutely. That means we're getting uh, Yeah, and Megan will never use that term. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, you know, and I, 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 having my own business, I work really hard. And uh, a lot of hours. And... There rarely are there days where I, no, I, I, there are not any days where I do not work. That's a double negative. I know I work all the time. And so we were fortunate to purchase a house Mm -hmm. in a beach community that shall remain nameless, (laughs) uh, which I am looking forward to picking tile. I know that sounds really materialistic, but I don't get to pick tile. I don't get to do that stuff. And so I get to pick tile and I mean, I'm so excited. As soon as, like, the drainage is taken care of and the drywall, eventually, someday, there'll be a bathroom in my future. And I'm so excited about that. And also doing things with people. I know this is, I'm not this, I'm not pandering here, but doing things with people that don't involve too much writing, but who are of Mm -hmm. like-mindedness. And... um, that's really cool because I do so much in isolation. Yeah. But oh. I'm, being able to work with some cool chicks like you, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And you can also help me pick tile. <laughs> I love tile. <laughs> um, for me, I'm really looking forward. This is a really professionally, it's a weird switch. I'm looking forward to steering my work. And I think that that's, I've really been thinking about kind of the nonprofit world and what we do. And how we've kind of fallen in this trap of letting funders dictate what we do. And I'm really looking forward to using my voice on on what I know we should do. And that's like a huge power shift for me. And so there's like this incredible freedom. And my team's really excited about it when we talk about it of like, kind of what we were talking about earlier, this is what it takes to do it. And we know we're the best at it. So take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And we've been surprised in, you know, 2019, when we've said that a couple times, and the outcomes that that has had and the positive work. So I'm really looking forward to kind of continuing that mm-hmm. in 2020 with the project we're, the four of us are working on, also with IECC and the work we do. And yeah. personally, I'm looking forward to backpacking. I love <laughs> to be off the grid. So, you know, I'm, I'm very similar to Andrea. And I feel like even when I'm not working, I'm working. Mm-hmm. And so those are my disconnect days with my family. And um, we're, we're going to try to buy a little travel trailer that we can drop and just backpack into wherever we want to go and just be with our kids. You know, we, I have a daughter, like you said, but I also have a son that's in high school and it's a blip on the screen until he's gone. And so we just want to make sure we're investing in him as much as we can, um, without connection to technology. That's that's a big thing for us. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's funny, Susie, I don't know if you recall asking me this, but we were doing some business meeting. I don't know. We were heavy debriefing on some meeting, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And you said, so, but what are you doing for fun? I'm thinking, what? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. what? But it stumped me. Yeah. I know. You didn't right answer I had, right away. I, I had no answer for you. I'm yeah. thinking, 
I don't oh. know. I kind of like everything I'm doing, but be, much like you, Andrea, right? Like uh-huh. because my head is always thinking about work or creating mm-hmm. stuff, and it's an it's an idea thing. Mm-hmm. It's a safe space, but scary in my head. <laughs> but uh-huh. today I'm getting my little Uber drive up here. This is people is what I love, right? Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm celebrating my hundredth um, podcast with you all in person. But um, he asked what I did, and I said I can give you the short answer, which I always tell everybody. I do. Management consulting, primarily for human services, nonprofit executives who want to work on fun stuff that make a difference. And he sees, I said, I know, boring, right? And he goes, what's it mean? <laughs> so we're talking about that. And then he said, oh, I bet we're really similar. So we're not the least similar, but he's very similar to my husband. We had a great, and now I wished we had a longer drive. That's why he said, maybe oh, I'll see you see, again. Yeah. And, um, but he, he said, I said, but I also do this podcast. He goes, that's kind of interesting. He says, why do you do that? And I says, because I get to ask people questions about things that I'm curious about, and it matters. And I says, it's what I do for fun, mm-hmm. right? So I was just thinking about how much each of you, and I know it's we've only known each other like a blip. hundred days. Right? hundred days. I made that up. That's I a good That's really good. I've yeah. known your name longer than I've known you. I've known you in person. I've seen you in person since October, I think. We met That's the first time. <laughs> just let it it's pretend. pretend. It's good for yeah, me. Yeah, pretend. But the thing, but about you, the first thing I saw was you're genuine. Mm. I mean, you're, you show up honest. Right. And you are kind of fun. And, <laughs> and you have a dog and you love dogs. Yeah. And so everybody at the table is dogs. Right. right. So right. It's all good. Megan Olo gave me the wrong latitude and longitude to meet her on a hike one time. I'm not oh sure she was. Gosh. Letting go of that. that was, yeah. And I saw her drive by and I'm like, there's no reception right here. I just saw her drive by. Oh, anyway. yeah. But I just think um, I do. I did decide that I was going to work with people through the mirror thing. Right who who are healthy reflections, not necessarily of who I am, but of who I can be mm-hmm. when I'm not afraid to ask for help, to set, you know, I mean, I'm here today working with you guys and brainstorming when I'm, you know, there's that old voice that says, just figure it out, just tell people what you need. And I'm thinking, why would I do that? These guys are smart and have good information and know more than me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I I hope... You all have more than what you imagined. Susie, I just remember a few years ago when you were envisioning mm-hmm. what you wanted before it was even this, Yeah, right? Yeah. This is even bigger. Yeah. It's bigger. Bigger yeah. and more <laughs> more different. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I just want to thank you for being on the 100th episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. I hope that um, I'll see you on the 200th. Yeah, we'll be back here so you can puppy will weigh hundreds of pounds uh-huh. by now. All right. Maybe two hundred. <laughs> oh maybe. <laughs> oh, there's a friend. All right. Thanks, ladies. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Well that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits Podcast. We hope you liked what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no-labels, no-limits, and no-excuses life.